Welcome to Church Matters podcast for SGC Marlton, episode number 16. I'm Jason Reyes, associate pastor, and with me is Warren Betcher, our very own senior pastor. How you doing, Warren? Doing very well, thanks. Having a good week so far? Uh, yeah, it's been a good week. Some nice weather, so getting out. Whenever the weather's nice right now, it's wonderful to get out and walk and do something a yeah, little bit I, normal and different. Absolutely. No, it's really nice. Last Saturday, you and Kim had a, quite a surprise. You had a, a church-wide drive-by parade. Let me ask you just a few uh, impression from you. First of all, were you surprised? Uh, we were completely surprised. I got a text, you know, hey, could you come outside? I'm like, okay, what's that about? And, you know, then a couple cars, I saw a couple cars and didn't think, really still didn't think anything. And then it just went on and on. And it was, <laughs> yeah, I think it was, somebody said it was 21 minutes long drive by, you know, well over a hundred cars and probably hundreds and hundreds of people because the cars were full. Some cars were overflowing with people, you know, families that were all together. So it was a massive blessing. I, I really would have to say it's one of the ministry highlights. It's one of those unexpected things that I'll never, ever forget. Um, yeah. Some things you know. In the midst of a pandemic, too. <laughs> yeah. And to me, it was just, there are people just showing big hearted love. So I think of our love series. Oh, that's cool. That was an expression of big hearted love. And it really yeah. blessed me. And I, and I did miss, then That's I heard great. there was a, you know, everybody was in the parking lot, you know, meeting to, to organize. So I thought, oh, I would have loved to have been there too, to see the behind the scenes. So we've enjoyed some yeah, of that. We don't. Facebook. We want to keep that off uh, on the download yeah. because we, we can't necessarily affirm all the social distancing practices and we don't want to out anybody uh, for a break in the law. But you know who you were in that parking lot and you need to get back in your car. Anyways, let me ask you real quick. So we've been talking about the ESPN series, The Last Dance. Did you have a chance to watch the, the next two episodes last uh, Sunday? I didn't get them Sunday, but I caught up with them on, on uh, Monday night. Actually, Kim okay, joined cool. me. So we ended up watching all all four, yeah, this is what you do right now in the pandemic. Yeah, uh, yeah. We watched all four of those. So Kim enjoyed it because she enjoyed the human interest side of those. Great series. It really is. I really enjoy that they're going back. So it's not just the 90, 97, right. 98 season, but they're going back as well to show a little a little bit more context, you know, of yeah. why there was such a hatred of Dennis Rodman initially yeah. and, and also the Detroit Pistons, the bad boys. I must say from watching it, and I was really disappointed because I grew up watching back basketball when I was a kid and uh, the first professional game I ever went to was Detroit Pistons and mm -hmm. we used to go when they stunk Isaiah Thomas was a first round pick so I saw him as a rookie this is back in 1981 and, and uh, really easy to get tickets uh, so we go to all these games I get you know autographs galore and stuff like that and so they were my team and so when they finally won you know I mean I just devastated so many years losing to the Celtics and then finally getting over the hill and then winning two years in a row I was just like yep. yes yes the bad boys but I will tell you so disappointed not in their sportsmanship and what took place in 93 because that was garbage you know that never mm -hmm. should have happened or I guess it was 91 really disappointed that Isaiah Thomas didn't back off of their reasoning for for not shaking hands were you surprised right. by that yeah and and it is disappointing particularly in light of the fact that the Bulls did shake their hands the two years they lost to them yeah and no, absolutely so the Celtics did that to the Pistons well, the Bulls didn't do that. And that was a team they didn't like, and they still shook their hands. So yeah, that was not, he didn't play that, he didn't play that right. Not at all. I mean, it's, it's fair to make a, a, you know, point the Celtics did it, right. um, you know, maybe to kind of develop a little bit, you know, deflect a little bit, but then to say that was justifiable, you know, and it's like, no, the Celtics were jerks too. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. showed a lack of sportsmanship. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> don't use that as your excuse. That was really, really disappointing. Did you get a chance to catch any of the draft last week as well, the NFL draft that took place? 
Yeah, I didn't watch it live, but I was paying attention to it. So I was watching as the picks were coming in for the teams that I, you know, look at, which is I do look at the Cowboys and I always look at the Eagles. So I, okay. I do look All at right. the Eagles so, as well. Real quick, as a Cowboys fan, how would you grade the Dallas uh, Cowboys in their draft picks from this year? Cowboys had a great draft. I mean, this was... Really? Okay, you I think, think so. I think they had a great draft. I think they got a great receiver, and it's a passing league. So uh, I think they they expanded their receiving core significantly. Uh, and then I think they really strengthened their defense. They're, they got some guys in the defensive line, and I thought the uh, Wisconsin uh, offensive lineman late was a good pick. So I think yeah. they was he a center a, or something like that? Yeah, he's a center, but he might he may be guard as well. So, but he's okay, going to cool. center position. So I think they added to their offensive line. They added to their defensive line. I mean, their backfield would still be. I don't know what they did there, but they picked really well. I, I would give that an A draft overall. Yeah, I mean, it was surprised when I saw uh, Lamb. Yeah, still on the board, you know, that yeah. late for Dallas. And I thought that was a, a wise pickup. And honestly, it really left me with, okay, Dak Prescott, you've got a one year tryout because dude, yep. if you cannot prove it, you're gone. Yeah, you know, because he's, he's got he's, all the weapons. He's got all the weapons. And I think Jarwin, actually, their tight end, he did really well last year. And I think I love Witten. He's one of my favorite players, but I think he held Jarwin back. I think they're postured. I think that offensive line could be stronger. Uh, I think some of the things, McGovern coming back and all that. So I think they they hit the draft, all of them. I think I think they hit all their picks really well. That was good, yeah. So Eagles, you know, I give any uh, shout out. You know, what do you I think? I think the Eagles had a very yeah. good draft overall, and I think late they did very well. I mean, the, obviously, the question for the Eagles draft was number two, Hertz. second round. Come it, on, they just. <laughs> I think he would have been there in the third round or fourth round. So even if they had picked him, they could have gotten him later. Uh, I don't think he going to anybody early. So a second rounder that drops their draft. But but I think I think they did some good things in the receiving core. They got some burners and burners, you know, make a difference. Um, and they did. But I was still surprised at the people that they let go. You know, what I'm saying right. that they could have had that kid Jefferson right behind right. him. I was just shocked that they didn't right. draft him because I'm like the way in which they play his style. You know, uh, right. of, of offense. And what the Eagles try to do, it maps on. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, you're you're making an immediate impact your first year. Whereas this other kid, I'm not, you know, I'm not dissing him in any sense, but that's not the offense that he ran, you know what I'm saying, yeah. in, in college. So and he may be more uh, of a it was one trick pretty pony, surprising. You know? Well, speed, you know what I'm saying? So, it, so but it was surprising. It really was. And then the hurts. <laughs> yeah. I was when I saw that, I just laughed. And I'm like, yeah. all right. So they're making a statement. Carson Wentz, we haven't had you all season fully. Right. We're going to go ahead and draft somebody that we think can go ahead and we can plug and play. But then when you get hurt, we'll have somebody who's going to go ahead and take your spot. Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, I, you know, I, I just don't know. I, I'm not a huge Eagles fan, but when I saw that, I'm like, if I'm Carson Wentz, I, I just don't know how to respond to that one. But nevertheless, at the same time, you know, this is, this is, uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. You know, at this point, it's going to be interesting to see whether or not there is even in a season. Yep. So um, most surprising pick at all in terms of the draft. Were you surprised by anything? I was surprised that Lamb went as late as he did. I'm trying to think if there was any other, I don't know if there was another surprise pick. I mean, Hertz was probably my biggest surprise pick in the draft. It's going to be interesting. The biggest surprise, obviously, has got to be Rob Gronkowski coming out of retirement and then getting traded yeah. to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> yeah, you wonder how they were, what the talking behind the scenes was to create. Oh, my that. goodness. Is, you talk about a setup for a one year run. That's what you got with the Bucks, you know? Yep. Uh, yep. So it's going to be interesting. And that is a tough division if you look at it now, just on paper 
Right. You know, I would well, not want to be playing in the NFC, NFC South. Not at all. Yep. You know, from yep. top to bottom, they're strong. Yep. All with good quarterbacks, too. You know, yep. that's the thing. It's like, wow. It was good to kind of at least have something, you know, say, yep. and uh, to watch a little bit. So, and I thought ESPN, for the most part, did a pretty good job mm-hmm. uh, with it. And I was really surprised with Roger Goodell, to be honest with you, with some of the personality that he showed. It was interesting. You know, it, mm-hmm. it was a good draft. It was fun to watch. For those who may not have heard, uh, the governor of New Jersey recently has extended the stay-at-home order. I believe the word in the terminology is indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's not putting a date on this right now. So let me ask you, as we continue in this quarantine time during this unexpected time, what do you think are some of the unexpected challenges that you are seeing just pastorally that are common? Unexpected, it's hard to know because maybe some people would expect them. I think uh, boredom could be, you know, maybe you didn't go into this. You know, obviously anxiety or fear would be an unexpected challenge, but I think boredom, people might not think that way, but I think there is so much that's been restricted. So even going to parks, you can't do that. Where can you go? You know, kids not even be able to play together. I think boredom would be an unexpected challenge. Probably fear and anxiety would be more expected. Maybe pressures in the home, close quarters, long time, maritally, and also with children. To parents and parents to children, there can be a point of temptation there, I would think. So that may be another unexpected. I know a lot of people are enjoying the time, and that's great. It's great to hear people that are just seeing this as a gift from the Lord to be together in an extended way. I mean, I'm hearing a lot of positive about family dinners and more time, even in God's word and family worship and more prayer time. Uh, so that's really great to hear. But I think boredom's part of it. And I think people are getting fatigued. And that's not the norm for everyone. No. People are getting fatigued by, you know, Zoom meetings. Uh, We're grateful for them, but there's a fatiguing side of them as well. With this, you know, in terms of, obviously, none of these things are unexpected by the Lord or to the Lord. So how should Christians, if there is a one word that you would say, how should Christians relate with one another during this unusual time, what word would that be? I'd probably pick the word charity, and I'd want to define it. So I think charity, which I think to me, charity is big-hearted love. And so I think that's what how I would think about that. So I think when I think charitably about someone else, I'm going to think patiently about them, lovingly about them. I'm going to think the best about them. I think we've talked about in the past, you know, I think this can be a polarizing event, openers and closers, and we're going to fall on one side or the other. You know, typically we're going to drip or, or lean to one side or the other. And I think it's it's very important that we recognize probably our own prejudice in our opinion, that we have a prejudice. And I think if we don't recognize the prejudice, then I think we're more subject to be judgmental. So I have to recognize I have a prejudice to one side or the other. And so how do I relate to those that drift to the other side? lean to the other side. And I think it's easy to drift. And it's just easy to be casual with our words and careless with our words. I actually was just recently in a conversation where I think I was careless with my words. I was grateful. Somebody pointed it out uh, that I was careless with my words. And I think, you know what? I was careless with my words. And the moment I'm careless with my words, I'm also unloving in my words. We really have to think charitably of one another, patiently, lovingly, respectfully, humbly. And then I think we have to guard our words so that casual conversations can end up being hurtful conversations if we're not aware. You know, James talks about it, the tongue, the power of the tongue. He really does, you know, and that's going to be one of the things that obviously we weren't planning to be in this series nope. in the midst of a pandemic. But it starts off with very relevant, count it all joy, my brothers, yep. when you encounter trials of various kinds, for you know yep. that the testing you're faith produces endurance and perseverance and let let steadfastness have its full effect Mm -hmm. you you may be perfect and complete so the timing of this is going to be really helpful yeah for us you know in terms of how we think about ourselves how we think about our world how we think about Mm -hmm. one another in this time real quick you know there's a a lot of people use their time 
differently. You know, everybody mm-hmm. is doing it differently. And, and, and we're not here to say one is supreme or superior to the other. I mean, maybe you can touch on this. Is there such a thing as good distraction in the midst of a pandemic? Yeah, I think there can be healthy distraction. I think it does slow us down. Then you have to process through the slowdown. Any crisis, people rally early. It's what happens when the crisis becomes more of a long lasting, and you know that personally. A health crisis is one thing. What about when it becomes chronic? So I think everybody, hey, this is a two week or maybe by Easter, and now it's indefinite. Will we be back together in June? What will that look like? How many people will be allowed to gather? What does it mean about our gathering? These are all questions we're asking ourselves as a church, and we're trying to think through them theologically first, apply ethics to them, and then think out the practical. So you sort of prioritize how you think. Practicals are your last set of questions, and then how do we love and care for people in those? So I think we're sort of caught up in stuff, but then you have then it sort of settles out, and now you can have different distractions. So yeah, I think the NFL draft was a good distraction. My brain needs rest, and therefore it needs distraction. Uh, it needs a Sabbath where I'm not busy in my thought life. I think we just have to make sure our Sabbath is a good Sabbath. How can someone know and discern the difference between good distraction versus bad distraction? I'd love to hear your thinking on that. I'm asking the questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd have to look at your heart. Is it? There's is a motivation behind too, right? Yeah. So what's the motivation and where is it leading me? So if it's leading me to temptations or anger or frustration, well, that's probably producing bad fruit. So I would want to look, what's the fruit of my distraction? Is there a good fruit or bad fruit in the distraction? So gardening can be a distraction. So I did tons of work outside and dug some new things, just did different things. And well, that was, it was healthy instead of the gym, which I, I do as a healthy distraction. Uh, and I would say, how do I evaluate that's a healthy distraction? Well, one, it does disengage me from my mind from some of the troubles of the day. It's good for my health. And I come out energized and not depleted. So in that way, it's a good distraction. And it's also something I can let go of. So I don't put it above, boy, there's a need. I can't go to the gym right now because someone there's a need I need to attend to. Well, that's a distraction that I can't let go of has become now probably too important. So am I clinging to distraction? Do I find ultimate life in the distraction or does the distraction serve me? Uh, and it does a good fruit. There's a good discerning types of questions because I think John Calvin says, you know, idol isn't necessarily because of something is bad, but right. idolatry, you know, occurs when we want it more than God, you know, right. and we worship it more right. than God. So and that can take the face of anything, you know, mm-hmm. and so what is the motivation? But the reality is there is such a thing as good distraction and it's, yeah. it's not bad, you know, in yep. and of itself, but where it leads you. I think for people right now, especially in the midst of, and you hit on it, I think there's something of a fatigue that's taken place now for people in the mm-hmm. quarantine. And so having other things that are available to us outside of the norm could be really helpful. And mm-hmm. so just for our listeners, there are free resources galore right now right. where universities, other ministries that you would normally pay for courses are offering these things for free. I know Laurie's been participating in a class that's taught in Legionnaire Ministries. It's recorded from R.C. Sproul. It's excellent. Um, mm-hmm. It's been really good. But these are classes that would normally cost you $50 or $150 or $200 a pop that you can get for free. Just Mm -hmm. just go ahead and take these. So that's one way I'd encourage Mm -hmm. our listeners is just consider, are there other things Mm -hmm. outside of the norm Mm -hmm. you can do? Mm -hmm. So, and we're also kicking off our James series this weekend, correct? Yep. Yep. 
Yeah, so, looking forward to we it. also included. Yeah, I am too. We've included scripture memorization mm-hmm. uh, again for this series. Um, and we also have a, a playlist that actually is going up on the site uh, this week as well. Just to reiterate for our listeners, why scripture memorization? Why is that important for the Christian? It's interesting because in our devotionals right now, we're in, in Psalm 119. And, and I don't intend to do all of Psalm 119, but it's hard to skip sections either. So I ended up doing the first three just because I thought each one was so good. I really love the one I I did for today for my own soul. And, and it talked about praying even for illumination with God's word. And it's the idea of hiding God's word in our hearts that we may not sin against the Lord. And also how God's word counsels us. It's a reality the that doesn't the change. Night. Yeah. And we and need for many the people. Rock. There's a lot of people who are up in the middle of the night yeah. you know, right now. So. Yeah. So I think it just gives us truth that when things shake, we need unshakable truths and God's unshakable. And, and God's word is God speaking. So if God's word is God speaking, it means it's God's self-revelation to us. Well, we need God more than anything else. So I think uh, hiding his word in our hearts is crucial. I'm grateful that I grew up in a church when I was a little boy. You know, that was memory work. And we got our stickers and our stars. Uh, that's all we got back then. And then when I was in a Christian school, same thing. There was memory work. And I'm grateful for those verses that are more easily accessible to me. But not just the verses the truths in the verses, the gravitas of those words, the solidity of those words, the foundational side, they're, they're stabilizing words and the truthful words. And it's good to have things that we can say that I can absolutely guarantee trust and, and have a guarantee about Whereas most other things, I don't have that. I appreciate that plug. And again, we're going to be kicking that off this Sunday. Just a, a prelude, uh, James 1, 2 through 4 is actually Mm -hmm. going to be the scripture memory uh, verse for this week. Hopefully we can get some video of people memorizing that together and Mm -hmm. at least be able to see one another uh, on social media uh, as we're practicing safe distancing. Warren, thank you so much. This concludes another episode of Church Matters. Really appreciate you being with us today. Thank you so much for taking the time, Warren. Thank you. And church, until our next episode, we love you and we hope to hear and see you soon. God bless. God bless.